everybody and welcome to another true stories from Tinseltown and I hope or of Tinseltown I always forget which one it is <laughs> but um it's one of those but they're from Tinseltown and they're true anyway Tom today I have a wonderful guest for you his name is Tom Foran and his dad was Nick slash Dick Foran because they called him Nick in the beginning of his career correct that is correct. He, his uh, birth name, if you would, was John Nicholas Ferran, and he went by Nick. And later on, Jack Warner, when he was under contract at Warner's, they changed it to Dick. They thought it was more appropriate. So people always ask, well, wasn't his name Richard? No, it was just uh, Jack liked the name Dick instead of Nick. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So exactly. I am so thrilled to have you on. You guys all know who he is, and I'm sure some of you know the name because you're better than me, but I know the face, and I know exactly. Now I'll never forget him. But you contacted me, and I was so thrilled because it wasn't about coming on the show. It was about he had been, li- he found the podcast, and Tom had been listening, and he told me how much he enjoyed it, and he thanked me for it, which of course made my day and week because. That's so kind that someone goes out of their way to tell you that, and you did. So I was just thrilled. And then I said, well, what what the world? I'm looking up everything, because you told me he was a singer. And then I look up Dick Ferran, and I see that he has done so many wonderful movies that I have watched. And they say he was like the heartthrob of B-movies. Do you know how the places (laughs) call him that? (laughs) He's he's had a lot of titles, for sure, but they were all pretty positive, I think. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. uh, he was great. He was a really good actor. I really enjoyed his work. So why don't you tell me, You, as you said, you have a story. Your father actually started out as a singer. Um, yeah, he, he actually, uh, it, it was that time when he was born blue blood, if you would, out, out close to where you live in, in New Jersey. And, and his father was very anti-actor and wanted him to be you know, a businessman, a professional, something. Lawyer, doctor. Oh, Oh, that's right. Your grandfather, he was mayor or something, right? He was a state senator. Ah, poo-poo-pee-doo. Yeah, Yeah, so exactly. So it was horrible, a horrible thought to to actually think that his son could aspire to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, So so my dad, Dick, we'll call him, uh, went to uh, uh, Princeton. Mm-hmm. And started working in the uh, Princeton Princeton Triangle Club, which was a uh, drama troupe, if mm-hmm. you would. And he made good friends with a guy named Jimmy there. And when he got out of school, he and Jimmy uh, started working on Broadway. My dad, you know, found some work, lost summer summer stock, and what have you. And they were ended up being roommates with uh, Henry Fonda. Yes, Mr. Jimmy. Here he is. Okay, Mr. Exactly. Big Thing, Jimmy exactly. Stewart. So like exactly, and exactly. Maggie uh, Margaret O'Sullivan, she was. Yes. Did she marry? Uh, do you know? I read. The, did Did you ever read the book um, about uh, Henry Fonda and and Jimmy? 
I have not. I have not. Uh, I heard. I know a lot of stories, uh, but no, I never. I never read the book. But they all, all three of them, and stayed lifelong friends. And my dad was the first one to come out to Hollywood. Was he cool? He was the first one. And was he, he called uh, out, or he just went out? I'm going to do he, it. He went out. Um, he actually kind of d- did it under a ruse for his father, who was also involved in railroads, and he supposedly came out west with the railroad to try to get involved in that business. But he went around to all the studios hoping to screen test and hoping to break in, and they were casting a uh, Shirley Temple movie called Stand Up and Cheer. And they had already signed an actor for a role where they had a big special effect where they had a uh, kind of a cowboy-type guy galloping through the sky because they were trying to raise the country's mood. They were in the, in the throes of the depression and they need somebody who could, uh, an actor who could sing well while galloping a horse on a treadmill. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, it's pretty crazy, you know, stunt. The, and, he was the, the horse, he was on a treadmill. <laughs> the horse was on a treadmill because they couldn't figure out how to get the special effect of having a horse loping through the sky, you know? I bet that so, horse is in better shape than I am. I'm sure he's, exactly. what a bod. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, so, so he needed, so the, the studio, it was Fox and they said to, they said to my dad, well, come back, come back Monday and bring your company. And he didn't have one. So he called good old Jimmy, uh, who was still struggling on Broadway, trying to get things going and, and flew Jimmy out because Jimmy could play the accordion. And so my dad didn't know anybody who could play the piano. So Jimmy played the accordion and my dad ended up getting the role. And that was uh, adorable. I loved how he had his accordion. He just, you would see him, this tall, skinny guy, and he got the part. And what did Jimmy get um, interested in becoming a Hollywood baby at that point too? I think, I think so, because it wasn't long after this was back in 32 Mm -hmm. and it wasn't long after that, that Jimmy came out and Henry as well. They both came out to uh, California and and the rest is history, as they say. Um, But yeah, it was, it it was a neat period, but it really didn't, it wasn't just immediate, you know, nothing's immediate stardom. Of course uh, not. Struggled for a while. And he, he, when I was first playing around in the business a little bit, I did something similar. I sent letters out to, to, I was sending letters out to, you know, basically all the all the big wigs in Hollywood that I knew had worked with my father, and and I'm more connected to them. And and one of those people was Blake Edwards, and Blake called me in, and uh, we said it was very intimidating. I mean, I'm sitting in front of Blake Edwards. He never took his sunglasses off during the whole. Oh my! And, uh, yeah, he couldn't read them at all. But but. And he's breakfast at Tiffany's. You know, he's he's the Pink Panther. He's all those things. And, and Julie Andrews' pan- husband. And My Julie goodness. Andrews. <laughs> Julie Andrews had had a. It's when she he was doing a show with her at the time, and 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 that's what I was looking to work on. Uh, but anyway, as as we chatted, he said, "You know, I got to tell you, there was early in Hollywood. His father had been a." had been a production manager, Jack Edwards, who was his stepfather, really. And I guess they didn't have a, a great relationship, but he said, you know, Jack and, and my father were pretty good friends. And so, you know, he didn't make a lot as an actor. And so your dad was living with us for a while and, and running a room. And, and he was more of a father to me than, than my father. Ever How was. cool. And, yeah. And I thought, wow, of course I never got any work out of it. But anyway, it was. Well, really, that's a nice story. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
was nice, Lori. Maybe if he took his sunglasses off, he would have changed his mind. Perhaps he had a hangover. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, um, so Jimmy basically did that too. He just got letters off and he went back to back to New York. Or no, he came up and he lived with Henry Fonda again, right? Correct. Correct. And they they continued to work on Broadway for a few more years, and then then they moved out. And I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure my father's my my father and Jimmy re- remained friends forever. Uh, but but I don't know that they ever worked together. I know Henry and my father worked together quite a few times. Um, one of the l- last pictures they did was a uh, Ford Apache with with uh, the John Ford picture with Shirley Temple and you know who my dad had worked with since Stand Up and Cheer and John Wayne and, and John Agar wasn't he in that Shirley's soon to be husband? John Agar, yeah, yeah. John Agar was in that. So he had worked uh, with Shirley before. What did he think of Shirley when she was a child? Did he ever say anything about oh, he, that? He loved her. And a lot of a lot of what I know uh, came from my mother, uh, who had worked in children's as well. Uh, and and the story, you know, she recounted the stories, my father's stories to me. Um, but she, they, again, remained friends. They were, they, they, uh, it was an interesting community back then, very different than now for a lot of reasons because everybody now actors live all over the world and fly in and screen test via zoom. Uh, but back then everybody was, was gathered in and around Hollywood. Yeah. And, and the and studio system as well, where you exactly were all connected. I mean, it wasn't like, I'm not going to do it unless you give me 20 million. And they weren't freelancers like today. The studios, exactly. I think made people a lot closer when you worked in certain I, ones, I think so. And you'd work together all the time. Like he, after he did a, a few things at Fox, my dad moved over to Warner's, um, and they were in a race. They had seen the popularity of the Western, and and I think that piece of Americana is so important, uh, not just to Hollywood, but but to defining our, our country at the time, the, the American cowboy and the, <laughs> and the, the yes. image of, of this, this person standing up against all odds and doing the right thing and what have you. Um, and Warner's saw the success that a lot of the Poverty Rose studios were having. And so when they signed my father, he they were banking on him. They were going to make him their big singing cowboy. And so there became a race between... Uh, Nat Levine over at Republic uh, and and Warner's and to have the first thing in Cowboy. Uh, Nat had already signed Gene Autry and then Warner's had my father. And and Gene Autry kind of beat him to the punch in terms of release by, I mean, a month. It was all like Traeger. Come on. It was all exactly, Traeger. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was, it was interesting, too, because it was, Warner's tried being a bigger studio and kind of looking down their nose at, at Republic. Right. Um, they, they made their movies a lot slicker. And my father's voice was this operatic voice and, 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 and the production quality was a lot better. I mean, and they had, you know, he always had a tremendous supporting cast around him of, of, you know, they had so many actors, great actors under contract, whereas I think it lost, a little bit of not the appeal, but it, it felt a little less approachable than 
the pictures they were doing with Gene Autry and, and, and like Tex Ritter. And they were all from Gene and my dad and Tex and all those guys, you know, but, but it was just the Warner, the Warner Westerns just never really, it never really took off as much. His as, first one I, I'm reading here is Moonlight on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. And he was Ace Andrews. Now, is Smoke his trigger? It's really played by Smokey. Who was Smoke? Yeah, that was, that, that <laughs> I was like his, his name better than Trigger. Yes, Smoke. Yeah, Smokey <laughs> was his horse, and, and uh, he loved that horse. In fact, uh, where I'm sitting right now, I have Smokey's horseshoes were welded into uh, uh, the ornamental thing for a fireplace that I, I still have. Uh, but he loved that horse, and that. That movie, that movie was the one that Jack had changed his name in. That was the first one he appeared as Dick as opposed to Nick. Um, so it was, it was a, it was a moment in Hollywood history that, you know, is, is now forgotten. The Singing Cowboy was so important, and they've kind of, you know, it's sort of been, not trivialized, but we don't talk about it. That no, no. But, you know, um, I don't even think on TCM they really have those kind of movies on. Not much. They don't. He did, I think he did about 12 or 15 at Warner's. um, And then he moved moved over to Universal. uh, And that, his career really... I don't want to say change, but but it but it did. It brought in. That's when he started doing the Mummy movies and all the Abbott and Costello movies, and all it really broadened his scope. I think as an actor. But uh, I mean, he had already done Petrified Four, right, you know, with Bogey, and then he yeah. and Betty Davis and um, Leslie Howard, and pri- yep. prior to that, he had done Dangerous with Francho Tone and Betty Davis. And I, mm-hmm. he played uh, the, the nice friend, the cool friend, who was funny and cute. And in the Petrified Forest, he played sort of like he—he he was Betty's love interest until Leslie Howard came along. And right, and Duke, I, I make mistakes and I call him Manatee, but his name is Duke Manatee. Did your Duke father get along Manatee. there? Oh yeah, they, with Betty they, they and they Duke. And Leslie Howard. I don't think he was ever real close with Betty. They all got along good. He loved Leslie Howard um, because as, as prim and proper as Leslie always came off, whether it was in that or, you know, pick any of his movies. Right. Like Gone with the Wind. Um, he had a really, really funny kind of dirty sense of humor. Yes. And, and he was called a real, he was like a, a little lech. The women loved him. They said, yeah. what did she say? Gloria, uh, John Blondell said he'd have one hand on one woman's butt. And his arm around the other. You know, he was just a big flirt and fun, and you wouldn't exactly. get it. But that's what I've read about Leslie and heard and that, about Leslie. That's exactly what I, what I heard, you know, that's exactly what, what my, my father's book on him, if you would, would, would be. Um, that he was always very serious. Um, uh, Humphrey Bogart always joked around, and they were, you know, they all, they all were pretty, especially Bogart and, and my dad and that crew, they... They hit the bottle pretty hard and, and had some pretty wild times. I can, like I said, it was an interesting, <laughs> interesting fraternity of guys for sure. I see for here sure. that he did a lot of singing cowboys. Um, mm-hmm. I see Cherokee Strip, Blazing Sixty, and then this is a movie that I talked to you about, and you have not seen it yet, which. Uh, I find that fascinating that you didn't see your father in this movie. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Shame Black on Reed you! Reed, yeah. And there is, uh, no, yeah. And the name of the movie 
is the Black Legion, and he plays mm-hmm. Bogey's best friend, and he plays the lovely Anne Sheridan, the oomph girl, plays his fiance. Right. Your dad. Right. And um, it, it's, you know, a take on the Ku Klux Klan. They're basically the Ku Klux Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan, I'm sorry. And you guys know what I mean, the KKK. But instead of going after the black people, they went after Polish people, immigrants who they believe are taking their jobs and getting better jobs than them. And it's really, it's a sad, (laughs) obviously it's not a fun movie. And um, it's very sad for your dad. Very sad. I won't tell you anymore. But if you can find it, everybody, it was, I think it's on um, TCM On Demand. And uh, he was there. Another one I knew he played in, which I love. Did you ever see Four Daughters? I have. It's been ages, but that I have seen. He did, he did, was that, um, that was at Warner still, correct? Correct. Sure. He was. He did a bunch of them. It was with Claude Rains, Jeffrey Lynn, John Garfield, who really knocked woman's um, stockings off. I mean, they just adored John. And he dies in the movie. Your brother plays the neighbor who always buys flowers for the woman he's in love with. And it also stars the Lane sisters. The Lo- but Lola Lane, Rosemary Lane, Priscilla Lane, but your babe was Gail Page. Your father's babe was Gail Page. She was Emma Lemp and not um, Thirdly Lemp. (laughs) (laughs) But that was their name. And your dad's name in that was Ernest. And he was adorable. And they had um, Daughters Courageous, which he was in. And this way, John Garfield could come back because he dies. Spoiler alert, he dies in Four Daughters. Right, right. right. There you go. The thing was so important, they wanted, you know, he got so much fanfare, they brought it back. But your dad ended up doing four of those movies with uh, the Lamp, you know, Gail Page and the Lane girls and Claude. And I don't, yeah. He he had, you know, I've been, we talked a little before this, and and I write, I write screenplays and and what have you. And I I recently optioned a, pilot based on based on my dad's character going through Hollywood and and it was it, it's so much fun it made it so easy to wade through all these stories and a lot of the stars lives because his career his path while he might not be the household name that that you know like we're talking about Henry Fonda and Bogart and what have you he still worked with them all yes. and, and it was an interesting uh device to be able to pick your favorite star back then and we'll find a movie that they, they work together in. Um, even all the way to, to, uh, Oh, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson. He did, uh, Jack's first movie, which was our early movie, which was a movie called Stud Juan again in, in 1960. His, so his career spanned 40 years and, wow, and so. he worked with them all. So it's an interesting, it's amazing. interesting career for yeah, sure. He did I mean, a lot but, of TV after mm-hmm. this, but um, he did some Disney movies. And all the Burns Allen, he did a bunch of the Burns yeah, Allen shows. Yeah, State Trooper, Desi Lou Productions, and all those, all those things. That's what he actually has the star on the Walk of Fame for, was television, even though 
his movie career is, is really, you know, what we've, what we've been talking about and really recognized him for. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, but, but getting back to the universal stuff, um, I think that's really where his acting, he really became recognized more as an actor. I mean, whether it wasn't just the Westerns, even though they had their million dollar serial, uh, oh, uh, what was that called? Uh, Lone Ranger? Uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Lone Ranger, uh, Riders of Death Valley, oh. where he had, he had the, uh, billing over Buck Jones and Leo Carrillo and Lon Chaney and all those guys. Uh, and they did have, they ran like 16 or 17 episodes but Universal, he did a lot of Universal. My Little Chickadee. Oh my uh, God! Who did he play yeah. that movie? I love that mm-hmm. movie. And Mae West is a hoot. She's one of my faves, and oh, uh, she was a riot in that. And he played—I can't think of who he played in that. Um, he was her love interest. He wasn't the bandit. Yeah, the bandit was a riot. Yeah. <laughs> right. The right. bandit. Right. Oh, come get me, baby. Yeah. What yeah. a riot. And he, and he loved W.C. Fields, too. And they hated each other, Mae West and W.C. Fields. Yes, I heard that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they W.C. Fields and my father remained friends forever. And he was exactly the the clown he was on and off camera. Just very dry, didn't like kids, always drank. You know. <laughs> so he really didn't have any children in real life. No, no. He, he was not a big fan of the kids. That 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 is a fact. I, um, I, uh, well, that's good if he hated him. I think that's very good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was going to ask you this. Is this true or false? They wanted your dad to play the Wolfman, but instead Lon Chaney got the part. I I have not, you know, quite honestly, I would have to say false. Um, okay. I, I would, I, and I could be wrong. Yeah, it's possible. He he got offered all sorts. He was offered, uh, when his career was really taking off, uh, he was offered the role of Ashley at MGM. Really? Um, in, Gone, in Gone with the Wind. And, of course, we know his his, his buddy, Leslie Howard, uh, ended up playing that role. But but he didn't, want to, he didn't want to play it. If he couldn't be Rhett, he didn't want to play that role. So, and uh, Leslie, oh, wouldn't that have been something? But Leslie hated the role. He thought he was like, "I'm British. I'm blonde. I'm, I'm, you right. know, Leslie's a wimp. You know, the, Ashley's a wimp." The whole nine years. So right. he was not. This was certainly not Leslie's favorite moment. Um, yeah. But I, you know, some people don't think he was cute. I think he was adorable. And the more I learned about his personality, I think he's. Double dip adorable. And that's right. something that your dad turned that down. Did he have a really hard time doing that? Um, I don't think so. You know, it it was interesting, again, um, actors and, and, and their egos. I think that um, I don't think he ever looked back and kicked himself. Um, but I think that, you know, if, if, if history could, could, be, right. could be played if over, he, he probably would have accepted the role. Um but he was much happier being a cowboy, and and uh, he loved making the westerns, and and they were fun. It wasn't the acting part of it. I think while he enjoyed being an actor, uh, felt more like work. Whereas the the cowboy movies, that was fun. They're riding horses and shooting guns and fighting in bars and doing all those things. And and uh, like I said, it kind of became an interesting uh, 
fraternity of guys. Like they would always Tex Ritter, my dad, uh, big boy Williams, John Wayne, all those guys, they would go on hunting trips together and play horrible practical jokes on each other. And, and uh, uh, do all sorts. For example, um, they were out hunting somewhere and it was called like Rattlesnake Creek or something like that. And it, Very and manly. The place, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the place lived up to its name. And, and of course, they're out there and, and they're literally camping and probably is about as drunk as they can be. And they find a rattlesnake. And my dad's already passed out in his sleeping bag. And so <laughs> Tex Ritter, yeah, true story. Tex Ritter and, and Big Boy Williams somehow get the snake in chicken wire and slip it into, get it wrapped up and slip it into my dad's sleeping bag how so horrible this weight on his chest oh my yeah, god thank you gets out without, that was a rattler a rattler bag. yeah yeah so so the story goes well i guess they were pretty drunky poo because <laughs> you know yeah. doing that it's like oh my that's yeah that must did. have been they did horrible things to one another for so sure. i want to ask you so your father had a love of horses then for sure, yes. And you, you have a horse farm. I do, I do. And you love your horses. Um, I love my horses, and and uh, um, yeah, it was all those guys again. They're most of most of them rode in in real life, uh, and and it was important to my father when I was a kid that I start riding. Um, in fact, he had he was doing a a commercial for the Bank of Hawaii, and it was him, Chill Wills, Ben Johnson, the big and a couple of the other, yeah, yeah, couple big old time movie cowboys, yeah. And the suit was they were robbing the Bank of Hawaii and riding <laughs> off into the sunset, but of course they're on the island, you know, wasn't going to go too well. But that's where I first got to. Um, I was seven, and that's when I first got to ride, and I just have loved it ever since. And now we have a. I raise horses and train horses and, and, uh, right here in Los Angeles. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. We compete all over the place, but I do my part to try to keep the cowboy legacy alive. If you Good would. for you. Do you wear, do you have a, um, did your father have specific hats he wore and do you have them? I do. Uh, he, I have, I donated a lot of his memorabilia to the Autry museum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've kept, it was interesting. Another interesting thing back then, uh, especially in the westerns, he would sign up and do a western, and they would run over budget, and they'd say, "Well, you know, Nick, we uh, can't quite pay you what we agreed to pay you, but that battle, go ahead and keep it. Or those pistols, <laughs> they're yours. You know, they're yours. You can keep those." And so, and so, I have a lot of that, those pieces from from uh, the movies he did and, and, and the films he did. And, uh, yeah, I treasure them with hats and guns and all those things. Very cool. I read that James Stewart always had the same horse. He loved this horse, and he always used the same horse in his Westerns. Okay. I believe it. I believe that those guys love – I mean, they had doubles for their horses for the for the son, but but they loved their horses. My, my veterinarian out here, I, I mentioned uh, – I live very close to where Gene Autry's ranch was in, in the New Hall area. Mm-hmm. And and his horse, uh, Trigger, um, it was my vet worked was a, a he's quite a bit older now, but he was a young vet at the time and worked on that horse. And Gene was like, well, 
you know, whatever he needs, just, just you take care of it. Just do it. And, and, you know, he kept that horse until he was old and then he died on the ranch. And, and, uh, that was, you know, a very important part of his family. And yeah. That was his those, co-star for yeah, goodness sakes. Yeah. Those guys felt, felt that way about their horses. I would, but you know, in those yeah. days, I don't know when it, it became, um, an issue, where animal rights people were saying, you got to watch it, what you're making these animals do, because a lot of horses died in those movies. I was reading, I think, um, George Sanders' memoirs of a cat, and he was talking about some movie he did, and he said a lot of people got injured and four horses died, and you know what I mean? And and now they're supposed to be very, very um, on... On, I think they're supposed to be on set as well to watch how things are going. So I don't know if that's actually true, but in those days they didn't. <laughs> they just... No, and and they did. They did a lot of those falling horses and stuff. They they oh. they were they got hurt some of them, but the lead horses, you know, like I said, they they'd have a double horse. I know they have a stunt horse. horse. That's hysterical, right. because. Yep. <laughs> I talked to this woman. Want to hear one of these horrible stories? This is one of the most horrible stories I heard. Um, um, her name is Laura Parker. She, do, you, do you know the old Dark Shadows? I don't. I you do don't. Not. Well, there was a bunch of Dark Shadows. This this was like a. It's still on Amazon Prime, whatever. And she okay. did a movie with Peter Fonda, Warren Oates, and Loretta Swit called okay. Race with the Devil. And I. You know, they had a little Pekingese. And when you watch these movies, you know, the dog's going to die. It has to happen. The dog dies. So I said to her, oh, she said, oh, well, the special dog had his stunt dog. And they shot him up with, you know, stuff to put him to sleep. And they hung him in real life on the trailer. But she said, oh, he lived. I said, you've got to be kidding me. That is evil no wonder it was race with the devil <laughs> you know? yeah and yeah. i think this was 75 so i wonder when that came out they would never have been able to get away with that no no um as as i mentioned I've, I've worked a bunch um i've done a lot of wrangling work in in films and, and i've worked uh been working a lot on a couple of the horse heavy television shows uh yellowstone is one of them um, and we're so careful. They, they, we're treating our animals better than we treat the actors, I'll tell you. Well, um, they don't have a choice. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, yeah. Rover, get out there. Okay, you cute little stunt Pekingese who we can poise, we can uh, shoot you up with drugs and hang you. I said, uh, why couldn't they just take a pe- I thought it was a Pekingese toy. She said, no. And she said that they all shared yeah. one hair makeup person and the top head Pekingese on campus got his own makeup and hairdressing. <laughs> uh, uh, but just what they did yeah. to that poor stunt dog. I just feel sorry for him. So sometimes I have problems watching Westerns for that reason. I'm very sensitive yeah. to that stuff. Yeah. The old, the old days, it was, it was pretty rough. And a lot, a lot of the stunt guys didn't walk away from, from uh, many of those movies either. They, they took a beating. You watch some of the, some of the things that Yakima Canuck did, uh, his you know, all the stuff that he did in, in the Wayne movie. I mean, he obviously acted as well, uh, but he did all the stunts for John Wayne's movies. And you watch the famous one where he 
crawls under the wagon that's running and <gasps> flips himself up. And it, it's incredible the, the risk that, that those men took making those Westerns. And they didn't uh, get enough. They Still today, they don't get enough money, but I'm sure then no. they got even less money than the people get today. And they do, you no, know, they, they do all the, but I guess today there's all that blue screen stuff and, you know, they can not have to always do these stunts and superhero stuff, who knows, because I don't watch right. them. Um, and so your dad, uh, you were, he was friends with all these people. Did you meet John mm-hmm. Wayne? Because you called him Duke, like you said, Jimmy. You said Duke. I, 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 <laughs> I was, I was at the time. I, I had no appreciation for who these guys were, but I, I did. Um, my dad remained very close friends with with Duke, with, with John Wayne. Um, he worked with him in, in those John Ford pictures. But, but again, like I, like I said, they were all this fraternity of cowboys, if you were. Yeah. Would, and, and they all they all lived in some sort of proximity to one another. And, you know, you work a lot and then you have long periods of time where you're not working. And so they would all hang out together. And so when I was a kid, they weren't both of them. They, John was still working quite a bit more uh, than my father, but, but, you know, he, he would they'd still come over to the house. So I remember going to uh, his yacht that was a, a converted minesweeper. Wow. Uh, John Wayne? Yeah, yeah. Did you hang out with any of his kids? Because he had a ton, didn't he? <laughs> he I, I remember there there were a lot there. Um, there were a lot of kids there. Um, and he loved kids. So they were they were all over the place. But, but yeah, so I, I got to meet. I've got pictures with a lot of these guys when I was a little kid. And, and I, um, you know, they just seemed like friends. There, yeah. There, I, I, there wasn't the... Uh, the star factor. Yeah, because you had no idea. Your dad did that. That was your dad's job, and this is these guys' job. Um, Exactly. How about James Stewart? Did he come over often? I, You know, I cannot remember him. Um, Personally, I remember Henry Henry Fonda well. I don't remember Jimmy Stewart, but I know they, you know, remained friends until until the end. Um, They had been friends, and I have great pictures from when they were in college together and, and working on stage together. And Jimmy, there were, at the time, Princeton was an all-boys school. And so I have these great pictures of Jimmy and or my dad dressed in drag. Can you imagine? Woman's role. <laughs> uh, well, it's, Jimmy, it's so, six foot four, yeah. six foot three, all that makeup exactly. and like 122 pounds. My goodness. Right. right. <laughs> Olive oil. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they, uh, they remain friends, you know, it's, it, pretty pretty amazing if you can think just being college kids wanting to find their way in the world and then ending up where they did it's a neat neat journey for it's sure. wonderful and that they remained friends is wonderful as well because it seems to me and i don't mean to say this cattily or anti-woman but it's i know a lot of women were very close friends doing the movies but for some reason it seemed the man had more of a camaraderie where, you know, there was just, you know, there's, if a guy, it's like when you go out, if a guy gets the hot mama at the bar, the friends are like, you lucky dog, ooh, ooh, you know, that kind of thing. But they're they're not like, you know, women are, you know, want to be, they want to get that handsome devil. And it's sort of like, well, you know, they don't like egg it on 
like men do, you know what I mean? And kind of go, go with it. And that probably sounds sexist. I'm sorry, guys. I am not a sexist. I'm a woman. (laughs) And that doesn't mean a woman can't be sexist. She can be. But I'm just saying my, these are just my observations and especially talking about classic Hollywood. Um, You know, it's more of a fraternity and it's, it's really cool like that, I think, because, you know, like I talked to, um, uh, William Wellman Jr.'s son, and he was telling me all about him, Wild Bill Wellman, and it, it, you know, the people he hung out with, and they were together forever. You know, these are people he'd right. known since the 30s, and they, you know, they were all his pals up till the end. So it was pretty good. Did your dad, he did work with Abbott and Costello, right? He did two, two pictures with them. Um, the first one he did, like, right when he, he got over to Universal, uh, uh, Keep Them Flying, which was, I think it was released in 40 or 41, and obviously the world had a lot of things to worry about at right. the time, and, and it was a propaganda-heavy movie. Um, and then he starred in a movie with them called Ride em Cowboy, uh, which, as the story goes, helped pull Universal out of bankruptcy at the time. It did very, very well. Um, it was Ella Fitzgerald. Um, her first role was in that. Wow. Uh, too, um, but it was a it was a good it was a good picture. But um, but to your point uh, about how there seemed to be a separation between how female stars their their lack of camaraderie, if you would, uh, at that at that time in Hollywood. I mean, it was a, a much more sexist place, and 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 when a woman started to age, uh, she got kicked to the curb. And uh, and, and not that. even old. I mean, you know, and, oh, and if they asked 30. him if they want to play. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're be- look yeah. at um, Carol, um, the one who killed herself. Carol, she was with Rex Harrison, Carol Landis. And she, mm-hmm. I think she turned 32 or something. And it was like her life was over. She couldn't bear it. And of course, she was in love with Rex. But whatever right. happened in that, but I think a lot of times they were competing for the same parts. And I know that there were certain people that really were close friends, like someone like Irene Dunn and Greer Garson, but they were not like, mm-hmm. you know, hubba hubbas. They're not going out for the, the sex symbol roles or things like that. Right. Um, right. And I know others that were, were friends. It was cutthroat. Yeah. And, it, you was, know, it was very cutthroat for a lot of those women. So they, they didn't become lifelong friends. Yeah, but some did. Some did. And Mm -hmm. but I just see how the camaraderie with the men with everybody whenever I talk about um, men versus women on this podcast, there seems to be more of a posse with the dudes than there are with the women. But I could be totally wrong. But that's just my observation, you guys. (laughs) I don't think you're entirely wrong there. I don't think that that's certainly my, my observation too. Um, and maybe we hear more than the stories about the guy. Well, I mean, we hear a lot of both. Um, yeah, I read tons on everybody. I just, you know, I I've had to I have to take a break from a reading cause my eyes get so messed up. It's horrible. And, um, yeah. um, but do you have, um, recordings of your dad singing? I do, and and uh, thanks to the the wonderful internet, uh, you can still find 
things on YouTube. In fact, there's there's a very risque one. <laughs> He's saying there there was a there was a, a pretty famous, very famous, probably the most famous cowboy troupe called Sons of the Pioneer. And the singers would change through the years. I think they still exist, uh, but they were very popular in the 30s and 40s. And and uh, my dad was hired to sing with them for, I believe it was a Pepsi commercial or Dr. Pe- Dr. Pepper commercial. That was it. And uh, for radio. And while they were prepping it all, they wrote this very risque song. And it's now... Uh, it's called the castration of the strawberry roan. Oh my! And if you Google it, <laughs> yeah, you you can imagine. And and when you listen to this, you're like, holy cow! I couldn't even believe. But they recorded it, and somebody saved it and put it out there. And it also speaks to just how these guys were always goofing off on set and just having fun. It wasn't. It was a business, of course, but it it was a different. It was a different world, and, and it was taken differently. Um, but that that would be kind of a fun thing for you to check out, I think. Yes, definitely. I will definitely check that out, and I will look through it. Um, who was your favorite person that you met through your dad? Oh, shoot. There, there were a lot. We'd go to uh, a lot of the old Western film festivals, and I remember meeting a lot of those guys. Uh, I really liked Ben Johnson a lot. He was he was a great great guy. Just Wasn't really he the warm. one in the last picture show? Or am I thinking he was? Yeah, he was wonderful he, in that. He won an Oscar, I believe, for for that. Yeah, uh, Larry McMurtry. Larry McMurtry uh, wrote it, uh, but he he was a wonderful wonderful man. I remember uh, Henry Fonda being just great and kind and and. Uh, just a, a, again, another wonderful, wonderful person. Um, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> you don't have to you pick know. pick five. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did you know um, you? Did you ever meet Jane or Peter? Because they they were older than you, so I'm sure you were. Not I never. They were they were older than me. I never did. Um, and of course, there was all the controversy over Jane's uh, positioning in in the Vietnam War, right? Uh, and and it really separated the old guard from the new, if you would, um, that that period. Um, so that would that would have been. Uh, uh, I don't know that she would have been as readily invited over as her father. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I hear you. Would. Your dad yeah. didn't live really. Long. He died in sixty nine or seventy nine. He died in seventy nine. He was sixty nine years old. Yeah. Um, again, a, a life lifetime of of living pretty fast and smoking you know, did he smoke not much but he did drink quite a bit mm-hmm. and and uh that that's ultimately what caught up to him um so you know it's like many of those great great actors they just they 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 kind of operated like there was no tomorrow, if you would. Yeah. Whereas the woman couldn't do it because, like you said, it, you know, you got to try to preserve your looks at all times. But the men, it was okay for them to get rough and tumble and, you know, kind of, sure. you know, that they could age easier, you know, and get parts still. Look, John Wayne was still Correct. getting, I think his last movie was when he had lung cancer. What was that? The Shootist? And the I think that was in the yeah. 70s, early 70s. And, yeah. um, I mean, all these guys, 
were getting lots of work. And and some of the women were too. They did some decent stuff, but a lot of times the women were thrown in like, you know, like, I love whatever happened to baby Jane, but, you know, then they went mm-hmm. to the, you know, they, some call it the crone, the crone, the crone time, which is really horrible. You know, they, you know how old they, they weren't even, I think they were mid fifties when they did baby Jane and they're called crones. You know? Right, right, <laughs> right. The, the crone theater. That's really uh, cruel. Would they call guys in their fifties a crone theater? I don't think so. But women did work <laughs> if they wanted to do it. You know, they wanted to work, and a lot of them needed the dough. So, oh, for sure, they they all needed. You know, you look at. It's interesting because you look at somebody like Gene Autry. We're talking about the the great singing cowboys, mm-hmm. um, and he was just smart enough to, and and businessman enough. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure he, he. And he and my father were great friends. Like I remember, there's another one. I remember going to all the angel games and sitting with him and my dad in the so box. Much fun. Was, I love going to baseball yeah, games. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, but he was a really savvy businessman. And a lot of these guys like my father, they just enjoyed acting and they just they would, you know, enjoyed playing cowboy or enjoyed, they just wanted to go hunt and fish and have fun. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't quite as business savvy. And so most of those guys, they they didn't SAG didn't exist until much much later where they started getting residuals. I mean, my father would have only acted in a couple pictures that would have provided any kind of residual. What about so the movies he comics. did? What about the television no. he did? No, no residuals. For no, that? no, no. It would have just been. It would have just been a. Well, yeah, a few things like Taggart and and late in his career, but it would have been the late the stuff he did in into the sixties. All the stuff prior to that, they were just contract players. And, and the other Cowboys, I mean, I'm sure you know the, the legends of Gower Gulch. Those Cowboys, the, uh, Cowboys came from all over the country hoping to get work, and they would hang out uh, off the sunset at the corner of Gower and wait for, for uh, a casting person to come by. And they Mosey on by. <laughs> yeah, get shot and fall off a horse. And if, if you got dragged, you get paid an extra 50 bucks. And, uh-huh. you know, if, you know, so that it was, it was a tough life, but it wasn't very lucrative. Um, Can you imagine so all on, the dough these guys well, get now? And people on TV, they get like a million dollars an episode and stuff like oh, that. And the guys oh, that made all these wonderful movies and TV, they got peanuts. Yeah, they 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 really did, and and they just kind of. I think a lot of people, including my father sort of expected it to to just continue and and you know Hollywood is they they it's a wonderful business but it's a very tough business and and I'll tell you more than anything else that's that's really what 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 killed my father was being a star and recognized and then later in life not remembered not able to get work not being recognized and it just it just you could see him kind of kind of slip away at that point. That's so, so sad. And it happened, you know, not just to your dad, but so many actors and actresses. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're, you've are you done it for so many years, you don't think it's going to stop. And for some people, it didn't stop. Look, Clint Eastwood is still directing movies. How old is he? 95 years old, for goodness sakes. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, Clint's incredible. Yeah. And so I can see that, that 
that would be very hard. Some people can go into that and go, good, I'm glad nobody recognizes me anymore. I can just chill. But other people, you know, if they're so used to being recognized when that happens, it's, it's shocking. It, it is, it is a, a, a double-edged sword. Um, I rode uh, horses for quite a while for uh, modern stars, Sylvester Stallone. And, and How was he? Was he nice to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we got along great. Um, and he, when he'd come out uh, to the barn or when we'd go anywhere, you know, there's 50 people that would stop him and want the picture and this and that. And, and I asked him, you know, does it, does it ever get old? And he said, well, he didn't quite say well. He said, well, <laughs> um, I, worry, I worry about when they don't want the, the autograph or they don't want the picture. Um, and I think there's a little bit of that in all these movie stars. I think it does, you know, get annoying when you're constantly being hammered. But then when that when that fades, uh, I think that's worse. Uh, not not feeling that those accolades. Um, but I I, I I really believe that in, in my father's case, I really believe that when he, when uh, when he stopped being recognized and and they stopped. Uh, casting him, I mean, one of the last things he did was a, a picture called Bridey of the Grand Canyon uh, shortly before I was born. And uh, he play, you could see, even though he was relatively young in it, I mean, it, he would have been in his mid, I think it was shot in like, I want to say 66, or it would have been in his mid-50s. And it looked like he was 70, playing, oh playing much older. And he was playing much older, but you could also see. I mean, physically, he was, he was you know, had <laughs> lived a hard life as he would. Yeah, so, so you were just a kid, and you yeah. came in on the other side of his career, in, in his sunset Correct. years. So you didn't really Correct. have that whole thing. But you worked with, so you worked with Sylvester Stallone. Is he still, this can't be recent, right? Is he can't still be doing cowboy movies. No, no. Um, it, it wasn't even related to movies. He just uh, uh, had horses in training with me um, at, at the time. It wasn't specific for him. Although I did uh, help get pictures to uh, horses to him in his last Ram- Rambo movie that they shot in Bulgaria. He wanted to have some specific type of horses that that I work with, and so I was able to figure out how to get horses to Bulgaria. So <laughs> got it done. <laughs> Boy, they had quite a jaunt. So it, you you're busy taking care of your horses, and then you are writing plays. Uh, you no, you're doing <laughs> scripts. You're not doing plays. Yeah, you're writing scripts. Yeah, I, I, I write some scripts, and and uh, like I said, I was born. In the shadow of the Hollywood sign, if you would, and, and so I've always just been around the business and involved in the business. Um, my wife does stunts and, and acts on, and and her father acts as well. Uh, and and I write and uh, do what I can. Like I said, I'm really excited about this pilot on that focuses on the old, primarily on the old cowboy stars and. And uh, I hope it hope it gets picked up. And Fingers crossed for you. I would be thrilled yeah. if it did. And of course, you'll have to come on and discuss, discuss, discuss. <laughs> of course, definitely, definitely. So it's, it's my favorite stuff. 
Yes. And you were fab. If anybody you want to um, tell me, not, I'll take it off. Who's a creep? I'll take it off. I won't tell anybody. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love everybody. Kumbaya. 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 Okay. <laughs> Tell me after we hang up, okay? <laughs> I won't tell a soul. I have actually been told things after, but and I don't tell anyone. But, you know, just I, I have to ask. You just have to ask oh. that one. So anyway, um, I had a wonderful time talking to you, Tom. I hope we continue to chat. You're a great guy. I had lots and lots of fun. Your dad was a cool hand, Luke. Um, it wasn't... Um, Tex Ritter, that was John Ritter's dad, right? Yeah, yeah, they, that was John Ritter's dad. Um, another, both great guys and both, you know, tremendous losses. Terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. So sad. They misdiagnosed him and he could have lived. Mm-hmm. That is just heartbreaking. Anyway, yeah. oh, but ha- he didn't know. His dad had long passed, right? Correct, so, correct. So that- he didn't have to go through that hor- horrific loss of losing a child, which is. Terrible. Anyway, I want to thank you, Tom, for talking about your dad and Dick Foran. And you guys can check him out. He's in so many movies. And you know these movies. And he's a very good actor. He is a very cute guy. And um, check him out on YouTube. Check out some of those tunes. I'm gonna. And um, good luck with, like... uh, Good luck with all your screenplays and your pilots and everything like that. And <clears throat> to the horses, give them some sugar and, co- and carrots for me. <laughs> you got it. And thank you so much for having me. I out. had a blast. So much fun. Yes. Yeah, so much fun. I, me too. So thank you so much, Tom. We could chat again. I'd love it. You bet. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Tom. You were wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time. Thank you, folks. Bye bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>